red gliding baseball rag. See the pitcher throw and strike him out. You got him going. Oh, oh. That gliding baseball drag. Don't you be a quitter. Show him you're a heavy hitter. Some classy curve the pitcher twirling. Go on, kids. Spin without a whirling. Hey, soak it out. Soak it out. Make a home run. Ball. Strike. Safe hit. First base. Make second. You're a bird. Keep it going, sonny. Make me win a lot of money. Don't stop until you're touching third. You're a holy terror. Center fielder made an error. Slide, slide. You made a good beginning, for you know that your team always makes a winning when you play ball and sing that baseball rag. Hello there, everybody, and welcome to the Friday, September 1st edition of Free Baseball, the podcast that goes into extra innings and walks the extra mile to bring you the best in observation, insight, and analysis of our national pastime. I'm your host, Robert Cadera. This week, we'll be taking a look at the September pennant races, what might happen, which teams are a lock to play in the postseason, and which teams still have to earn their way in. We'll take some time to reflect on the most unfortunate arm injury suffered recently by the game's greatest player, Shohei Otani, and see how this will affect his postseason free agency. On our Unsung Heroes segment, we'll turn back the clock to the 19th century and profile a player with perhaps baseball's most unusual nickname of all time, a player who not only excelled on the diamond in one unusual capacity, but also managed each of the teams he played for, helped end the all-time longest winning streak in baseball's early days, became an umpire after his playing days were over, and even was president of one of baseball's early professional leagues. Then we'll have the answer to the trivia question from our last show, and a new one to stump you for next week. So, without further delay, take it away, Jane! Before we look at the pennant races, something happened this week which could have long-term ramifications not only for baseball's greatest player, but for the winter free agent market. Earlier this week, news leaked out that Angels superstar Shohei Otani has a torn UCL, that's an ulnar collateral ligament, in his right elbow. Ordinarily, such a finding would precipitate Tommy John ligament transplant surgery. Otani, who will be the most coveted free agent in the upcoming offseason, is said to be seeking a second opinion, but in any case, he will not pitch again in 2023 and most likely not at all for 2024 as well. What does this mean for a player expected to be offered a half-billion-dollar contract by myriad big league suitors. 
While this injury will not preclude Otani returning to the mound in 2025, it raises the question of whether he might be a better investment if he stuck to hitting, something he's been doing for all of his major league career as the Angels' designated hitter. Let's remember as well that Otani already had one Tommy John surgery after his rookie season of 2018. While there is a decent recovery rate from initial surgeries of this kind, full recovery from multiple ligament transplant operations is far from assured. Perhaps when he returns to the mound, if he does, it will be in a far lesser capacity, perhaps as a part-time spot starter or reliever. So, what do you pay for a 29-year-old designated hitter on the open market? That is essentially the question facing Otani, his agent, and Major League General Managers this offseason. My guess is that Otani will still get a $500 million-plus contract. His record as a power hitter speaks for itself. He currently leads the majors with 44 home runs and is a good bat to hit 50 or more. In an ironic twist, not being able to pitch may actually expand the number of teams bidding on Otani in the free agent market this winter. I could see as many as 8 to 10 teams actively bidding for his services. We all lose a bit in this development and none more than Otani himself. For the next few years, we will have to be content with watching him hit mammoth home runs with regularity. Who does he sign with? Well, the consensus is that he will favor a West Coast team like the Dodgers or the Giants. I might add that the Mariners, the team of Ichiro Suzuki, the great Japanese hitter and surefire Hall of Famer, will also be in the running, and don't be surprised if that's where he ends up. It would be historically fitting, I suppose, if Otani follows in Babe Ruth's footsteps and gives up pitching in order to become the New York Yankees' preeminent slugger, forming a duo with Aaron Judge to rival the Ruth-Gehrig tandem of their Yankee predecessors. If George Steinbrenner were still running the team, I might expect this to happen, but with his more hesitant son Hal calling the shots, I don't think it's going to come to pass. Still, as Joaquin Andujar once said of this wonderful game, you can sum up baseball in one word. You never know. We'll have more to say on Otani's free agency when we do our 2023 season wrap in early November. For now, let's go on and look at the pennant races. It's now September 1st, and most of the Major League Baseball teams have less than 30 games to play. The marathon is drawing to an end. We're on that last lap. And let's take a look now at which teams stand to be in postseason play and which are on the outside looking in and which are on the fence. Because now that we have the wild card and three wild card teams in each league, more teams still have a chance. In the American League, it's fairly clear. There are two teams that stand out above the others, the Baltimore Orioles and the Tampa Bay Rays, both of whom are in the American League East. Each of those teams will be in the postseason, but there is only a game and a half separating them right now. 
The Orioles are up two games in the loss column and one in the win column. So that's going to go down to the wire. They do have some series to play against each other. I believe there's a four-game series in Baltimore, and that will probably determine which of these two teams is the Eastern Division champion and which has to settle for a wild card. One other team in the American League East is in a fairly good position. That would be the Toronto Blue Jays. Right now, they are two and a half games out in the wild card race, but they're playing good ball and it's a young team. They're getting healthy now. I have a sneaking suspicion that the Blue Jays and the Rangers will be battling it out for the final wild card spot. I saw the Rangers play the Mets this week, and frankly, I was not at all impressed. Their uh, bullpen is highly suspect, even with Aroldis Chapman, or perhaps because of Aroldis Chapman as their closer. But the Rangers all season have had an abnormally high batting average with runners in scoring position, by far the highest in baseball. And these things tend to, over the course of the season, and I'm not saying it's definitely going to happen, but more likely than not. And I think that's going to, the Rangers at a disadvantage down the stretch. The other teams in the American League go this way. In the Central Division, the weakest division in baseball, the Minnesota Twins, a very average team, have a five-game lead on the Cleveland Guardians. Now, I will be rooting for Cleveland so that they have one final Hurrah for Francona, their manager, who is probably going to retire after this year. But I think we have to say at this point, the Twins are in. They will be the Central Division champion, and they will face a wild card team in the first round. Out West, right now we have a tie for first place between the Seattle Mariners, who are red hot, and the Houston Astros, who are merely hot. I think both of these teams will make it to the postseason. I think the Rangers will be on the outside looking in. Now, who wins the division? I'm going to give the edge to the Mariners here, but I do think that the Astros, kind of hard to figure, but I think the Astros will end up winning the American League championship, even though they enter the postseason as a wild card team. They've got a great manager in Dusty Baker. This is a team that has been injured most of the year. Alvarez is back. They're getting healthy. They just got Brantley back. And if their pitching comes through, I think the Astros are a good bet to win the American League. In the National League, well, you have the two best teams in baseball, the Atlanta Braves and the Los Angeles Dodgers. Both of those teams are locks to win their division. In the Central Division, however, the Milwaukee Brewers are three games up on the Cubs. They had a chance to put this out of reach, and they lost two out of three to the Cubs at Wrigley. This is going to come down to the last weekend of the season in Milwaukee, where the Brewers and Cubs have a series with one another. That's going to determine the outcome in the National League Central. I would give the Brewers a slight edge. Not only do they have a three-game lead now, but they have a better record at home than the Cubs have on the road. So I think push comes to shove. The Brewers will squeak into the postseason as Central Division champions. 
the Cubs will be a wild card team barely missing out behind the Brewers. The Dodgers have a 14 and a half game lead in the National League West. They're going to be in the postseason for sure. That leaves the final wild card team and I think we're going to see certainly the Phillies as one of the wild card teams. They have a five game lead in the wild card race. The Cubs are two games up on the other teams and they right now are the second place wild card team. But we've got a really fascinating situation for the third and final National League wild card team. The Giants have a record of 69 and 64. They are one half game ahead of the Diamondbacks, one game ahead of the young Cincinnati Reds. And let's not forget the Miami Marlins. They've got a lot of games to make up here, and they also have to leapfrog at least three teams to make the postseason, but they're not out of it statistically. I give them maybe a 5 to 10% chance. I expect that out of that group, probably the San Francisco Giants will make it. I think the Diamondbacks, with all their kids, will fall short. So we're going to have a situation in the National League where the champions of the division, the Braves, the Brewers, and the Dodgers, the wildcard teams will be the Phillies, the Cubs, and the Giants. In the American League, this is more a choice of the heart rather than the head. I'm going to pick the Orioles to win the American League East and the Twins to win the American League Central and the Mariners to win the American League West. Now look at those teams. The Orioles, Twins, and Mariners are not exactly powerhouses, nor do they have an extensive postseason record. The wildcard teams like the Tampa Bay Rays and the Houston Astros, have uh, more success over the last couple of years. And I think one of the wild card teams will win the American League, and I'm saying it's going to be the Houston Astros. So we will have the Astros representing the American League in the postseason. Now, we're going to have a clash of the Titans in the National League. I've been watching the Braves and the Dodgers. They had a great game last night. But between the Braves and the Dodgers, it's kind of a coin flip. I'm going to go with the Atlanta Braves because of their home run power and the fact that their pitching staff is healthier. I think the Braves and Astros will be a a wonderful World Series matchup, and I'm going to pick the Braves to win it all. This week's unsung hero is Robert Vavasor Ferguson. Born on January 31, 1845, you may not have ever heard of him, but if baseball ever had a player who was a jack-of-all-trades and master of none, with one exception, it was Robert Ferguson. He was a most interesting ball player. He was captain of the Brooklyn Atlantics, that handed the Cincinnati Red Stockings their first loss in two years. That was Harry and George Wright's team. He was also a manager as well. In fact, he managed every single team he played for, nine teams, eight of which he played as their player manager. He was also 
considered baseball's first switch hitter. He was a so-so hitter, but he was the first switch hitter in the game, and he didn't do it regularly. He did it not for the reasons that players switch hit today. He didn't switch hit depending upon whether the pitcher was right-handed or left-handed. Ferguson switched for situational reasons, or more often, according to how he felt at a particular moment. Robert Ferguson is perhaps better known by his nickname, Death to Flying Things Ferguson, because of his ability to catch fly balls in an era when players did not wear gloves. I went and looked up his fielding records because I figured if they're calling him Death to Flying Things Ferguson, there must be a reason. Well, first of all, he wasn't an outfielder. He was an infielder. And in 1873, he made 109 errors in 50 games for a fielding percentage of 746. One other thing that he originated in addition to being baseball's first switch hitter, comes to us from another Brooklyn Eagle report in 1870. That year and the previous one, he played mostly behind the plate. Ferguson was the first of catchers to move closer to the plate. Traditionally, catchers stood about 20 feet behind the batter and caught the ball in the bounce. Ferguson started creeping closer, sometimes with hazardous effects. On July 30th, 1869, in a game against Maryland, we see an example. The Brooklyn Eagle says, quote, In the fourth inning, Ferguson was quite badly injured. While playing closely to the bat, he was struck on the nose by a sharp tip ball, fairly knocking him down. That organ swelled up to twice its usual size and completely altered the appearance of the man. Fortunately, the injury is not a permanent one, and Ferguson's good looks will be spoiled only for a day or two at the most. The pain was severe, yet he kept at his post pluckily, except for one inning when the blood flowed so freely that he could not play. What a guy. Beyond that, when his playing days were over, Ferguson impacted the game. Noted for his character, honesty, and judgment, he was a shining example of good sportsmanship most of the time during a very unruly period of baseball history. He was elected president of the National Association from 1872 to 1875. So while he was playing, he was also the commissioner of the league, president of the National Association. But Ferguson was also noted for having a bad temper. And after he retired as a player, retired as a manager, and retired as president of the league, he became a National League umpire, where his temper once got the best of him. He got into an argument in one game with a player, and he decided to end the argument by picking up a bat and breaking the player's arm with it. Good sport. Over his National League career, he accumulated a 265 batting average. I salute Robert Death to Flying Things Ferguson. That fanfare means it's trivia time here at Free Baseball. Last week's trivia question. Who has the record for the most consecutive games played with a strikeout? 
which hitter struck out in the most consecutive games? Surprisingly, the answer is Aaron Judge of the New York Yankees. Aaron struck out in 37 consecutive games from July 8th to August 21st, 2017, six years ago. For next week, the question is this. Who hit the most home runs in a career in a single ballpark? Which slugger had the most home runs hit in a single ballpark during the time of his entire career? We'll have that answer for you next week. And coming up, we have four more programs covering Major League Baseball 2023. And then we'll take a break. After the World Series, we will do a special edition of Free Baseball looking back on the entire 2023 season. That's it for today's show. Thank you for stopping by. The Free Baseball Podcast is brought to you by Black Range Publishing, producers of the Gabe McKenna Mystery Series and the Black Range Pub Podcast. You can find us at www.blackrangepublishing.com. Free Baseball can also be found at the following podcast platforms. Buzzsprout, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and Audible. Come back and enjoy free baseball every Friday. I'm your host, Robert Cadera. Thanks for stopping by. See you next week. Mm-hmm.